Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. On this podcast, I'm inviting you into my personal library to experience my favorite erotica. All of the volumes that I will read from are on my shelves. Each week, I will treat you to a piece of erotica, either my own or from one of my favorite authors. Some weeks, I will be joined by these amazing authors themselves, and you will have the chance to hear them read their own work. This podcast is being supported by my Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Lori Beth Bisbee. For people who subscribe, you will have access to special interviews with authors and readings and also to special events. So grab your drink of choice, get comfortable, and enjoy a peek into my erotic world. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. On this podcast, I'm inviting you into my personal library to experience my favorite erotica. All of the volumes that I will read from are on my shelves. Each week, I will treat you to a piece of erotica, either my own or from one of my favorite authors. Some weeks, I will be joined by these amazing authors themselves, and you will have the chance to hear them read their own work. This podcast is being supported by my Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Lori Beth Bisbee. For people who subscribe, you will have access to special interviews with authors and readings and also to special events. So grab your drink of choice, get comfortable, and enjoy a peek into my erotic world. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. Um, In this episode, I'm going to read some of my own erotica, and I'm starting with a piece called No, I Won't. Yes, you will, I hear you growl in my ear. No, I won't, I reply, my mouth filling with liquid. I shake my head and hope that the urge to spit diminishes. I feel your hands on my waist. Your teeth graze my neck. No, I maintain as you bite deep. My knees buckle. Your arms hold me up as you feed on my neck. There's a direct connection between your teeth in my throat and my pussy. I feel scalding juice come from both points and smell the metallic, musky tang of my blood. I pull myself up and begin to struggle again. I growl. No, I won't, as I try to turn in your arms and feel my mouth about to overflow. Yes, you will. You laugh into my ear, your hands wrapping in my hair and turning me around. I dig my nails into your chest, lower my head to resist the urge, now almost overwhelming. Your body shakes with laughter even as I draw blood. Your dick is hard and pushes into me. I struggle to stay close as I know if I push back, I will. I cannot resist much longer. The air crackles with the energy surrounding us. You grip my breasts, digging into that scar, the one Loki helped to place there when I was 19. I scream with rage, lean back, and spit full in your face. I wail as I realize I lost control, surrounded by your laughter. 
Look at the glee on your face as my spit drips from your chin. Your eyes sparkle with anticipation as you strike out. The first strike, hard across my face, draws more rage from me. I told you that you would, bitch, you exclaim, and I told you what would happen. You flip me over and push me down onto the carpet, hitting me the whole while. I cannot keep still for this beating. I cannot stop myself from struggling, though I know the more I struggle, the worse it will be. You claw my back and ass, raw, beating me in between the clawing, using your full strength, with each strike holding me down with your body. My struggling brings me up onto my knees as you shove them apart. Tears course down my face as I curse you, as I have never done before. All it does is make you laugh as you beat me harder. Despite my struggling and my professed resistance, when you thrust, you slide into me with ease. My pussy is hot and dripping, natural lube. I'm bent back like a bow, gripped by the hair as you pound into me. I collapse on my stomach as I feel your teeth close on the back of my neck again. I freeze, relaxing into your bite, cry my submission as your claws bite into my tits, blood flowing from the wounds. I cannot form words. My jaws and teeth are not the right shape. I want to beg to come, and I cannot say anything. My moans turn to whimpers and grunts, deep growls in my ears. Come. You growl in my ear. I feel your tongue lap the blood from my neck. I bellow my release as energy tears through my body. Sharp peaks one after the other until I collapse into tremors. You lick the blood from the rug burn, the welts, the bites, coaxing me to come again, squirting until I am completely spent. The last thing I say to you when I finally regain the strength, no, I won't. driving a Mercedes SUV. I'm looking for a shop where I can buy a dress. I don't have anything appropriate, and I don't want to disappoint. I find a parking spot near Selfridges and set a timer. I want to be in and out of the store in less than 10 minutes. It's a game I have played since I lived with George in the mid-80s. George was a survivalist and used to make me do drills to see how fast I could shower, dress, and be downstairs with my kit bag, or how fast I could go into a store, buy what was needed, and be out and ready to roll. I find a beautiful Isimiyaki dress, put it on. At the counter, I ask the woman to cut the tags. I will wear my purchase. The woman serving me looks bemused, but does as I ask. I hop back in the SUV and manage to make it to the venue on time. The silk against my naked body is so sensual. Each time I become aware of it, I heat up further. In the end, you strip my dress from me, and for the formal dinner, all I wear is a harness, leather cuffs, collar, and a short leather skirt. I stop at a large house and go to the servant's entrance. An older man answers the door and invites me in. He leads me to a dressing room. I get down on my knees to look through a suitcase, and he says, Girl, you best hurry. Being late is not an option. 
I look startled when he calls me girl, and he laughs and says, I know what you are. I drive to your place and enter with the packages I have collected on the way. It's time to get ready for this event. I greet you getting out of the shower and dry you off, then move to help you dress. I do the same for Pharaoh. I show you both the clothing I found to wear, and am somewhat startled to be told I will be wearing almost nothing. I wonder if anyone else at this event will be half-naked, but choose to be quiet and curious and just see what happens. At the event, I sit at your feet, in between the two of you, until I'm needed. My energy is high, and you alternate playing with it while chatting to people. I work hard to be attentive and quiet, but find it impossible not to moan at times. When it's time to serve the meal, I join the servers to attend to you both. I work hard to maintain poise, though this is difficult when you run a hand over my ass under the short skirt and when Pharaoh pinches my nipples. The sexual tension increases during the whole of the main meal. Dessert is eaten off half-dozen men and women who are decorated with fresh fruit, melon and berries, marshmallows, warm chocolate sauce, and fresh whipped cream. There are small squares of sponge cake to dip, in, dip into the sauce as well. You both enjoy sampling the fruit when you decide to decorate me. The organizer of dessert brings out another table and tells me to strip, except for collar, ties my hair up, and then covers it with saran wrap. Cling film for you English folk. So that the sauces will not get into it. I'm arranged on my back with my arms and legs spread, and the organizer sets to creating an incredible dessert. There are cherries from the bottom of my neck to the top of my mons. Pieces of melon adorn my breasts. Berries cover my stomach. Warm chocolate sauce is poured over my mons, dripping between my pussy lips and over my clitoris. Whipped cream is piped onto my breasts, down my stomach, over my arms. I try ever so hard to lie still, but find it almost impossible. You start the feast, dipping your fingers into the chocolate sauce between my lips, slowly sucking it off your fingers. You take your time, tasting all the flavors, gathering up some of the whipped cream, smearing it across my lips. You invite people to partake, and quickly I am surrounded by people using pieces of sponge cake, marshmallows, their fingers, and tongues to eat the fruit and cream off my body. Someone sucks my clitoris between their teeth and nipples, drawing a long moan from me. Pharaoh is at my head, whispering in my ear, Not yet, girl. I struggle to maintain as more people nibble, pinch, and stroke. Eventually you slide two fingers inside my pussy and start to fuck me as two people finish off the fruit on my neck and breasts. Come, now, Pharaoh commands. I scream as the orgasm traverses my body until I feel I am engulfed in flames. After dinner you take me to the dungeon where you put me on a spanking horse-type bench. Your nails are on my back, moving the energy. My awareness was of the draw and push of the energy and your deft touch and how terribly close to orgasm that brings me. This is what has stayed with me the most. His touch is heavier and the energy moved between you is exquisite. I find it hard to describe what was happening physically as so much is the energy. The thud of the flogger, the bite of the dragon tail, the paths lit up on my back and through my body. The rhythm is relentless. I smell you in front of me. I ache to taste you, but you tease me until the beating is over. I am limp when I am removed from the bench, exhausted from the energy running through me, replete with the sharp peaks and smooth waves of pleasure.
a siren sounds. The siren sounds, the call whooshing from my toes to the ends of my long, curly hair. The quickening of my breath, the beating of my heart, my muscle tightens for action. I hear the loud clang in my ears. My siren sounds like a ship's warning bell. The air around me ripples, shimmers from the sound, waves, and the heat. Danger is near. My mind sharpens in preparation, attention to detail. The crack of an oak leaf underfoot is deafening, the smell of a wood fire pungent. Time slows down. Focus narrows. I am fully present in this moment and ready to act. The siren sounds. Adrenaline courses through my blood. My nipples rise to attention. My vagina is wet. My mouth is dry. The tiny hairs stand up all over my body. I am poised. Arousal comes with the adrenaline, with the fear as the siren sounds. The adrenaline is high, a siren song, luring me during the downtime, the safe time, the respite, calling sweetly to me, enticing me to action. My senses sharpen. I am fully present and awake paused on the edge of the aeroplane and ready to fall. The loud clanging returns. No false alarms here. It's time to act. The siren calling, warning, luring, creating that rush of adrenaline. Martian, martial forces to action. Raise your swords and your shields and sharpen your tools. gave you iron, tooled and ready, sharp and clear. I gave you an arrowhead made of stone. I gave up the sickness, the lupus to the night. This veil is thin. I sit in contemplation, examining, awaiting. I wear my collar to show my allegiance. I wear my collar to remind all of you of my service. I hear the wolves howl. I hear the bells ring, the owls cry, the slaves sing. I feel the fire. 
I look into the black coals. The veil is thin. I await your word. I send to my ancestors spiritual and physical greetings. I send to my patrons greetings. I open to your word. storm, lightning strikes twice. The sky lights up, purple neon, yellow-orange over the water, illuminating the boats briefly. And then comes the crash and boom of thunder as Thor makes his presence known. The rain is pouring from the sky, the sound on the windows is a snare drum beat. She is lying on the floor in the center of the front room, phone at her ear, butt plug in her ass, vibrator deep inside her sopping wet cunt. She's moaning as she fucks herself to the sound of his voice. Come for me now, he commands, and she can feel her body release, the intensity of the orgasm rocking her skin, abrading on the roughed carpet. Sometimes she can feel no distance between them, and though she understands intuitively, her analytical mind can't help but say, how can this be so? It's as though he's in the same room with her. She can feel his hands on her his breath on the back of her neck, as he begins to work the kinks from her back and spine. The heat of him is almost unbearable, but not quite. A frisson of energy travels up her spine, the snake uncoiling at the base of her spine and rising, their energy filling every part of her until it bursts from the top of her head. Often she feels him behind her, his arms around her, pulling her back into him, his exquisite Hardness. And she can feel that point at which she finally yields, finally surrenders, allowing him to hold her, guide her, mold her, and as her body releases, her emotions and spirit come too. It's a magical time, a whirlwind of experience, and also a stressful time. At least they will never be bored. The sound of his voice can bring her to her knees, causes her juices to flow freely from between her legs, and runs shivers up and down her spine. His chuckle brings a blush to her face, and his laugh warms her whole body.
She keeps finding herself singing, humming, whistling. Her joy is catching. She can feel her body alive. From the top of her head to the tip of her toes, the thunder explodes closer this time. The sky lights up, making it look as though it were midday instead of midnight. Thor stakes his claim, and none can gainsay him. She can feel wing beats close to her head and a sharp bite on the top of her right ear, followed by intense heat. She catches sight of deep metallic green and then golden scales. He told me up front he had a full-time slave with whom he lived and that he was unsure how she would react to another woman. She was not bisexual, nor was she even bi-curious, but she obeyed him without question. He promised her if she really did not like the experience, it would not be repeated. I was part of a test of her submission, I think. We spoke on the telephone first, and his dominance was clear during the phone call. He was clearly accomplished and had a quiet strength about him. I felt while speaking with him that he was someone I could respect and therefore choose to obey. He asked about my background and my experience with dominance and submission. I told him about the general and about our relationship. One of the first things I found interesting was that our was the, ours was the only relationship I felt it was relevant to talk about with him. Most of my other experiences with dominance and submission felt like play-acting and not so relevant. He asked insightful questions about the general, about the relationship, about how I found submission. Was it natural? Was it easy? How difficult did I find it to obey regardless of what? He asked. Was it? What was my internal struggle? He told me of his background and experience. Considerable. Not surprisingly, I found it difficult to talk of my desires and my fears. I managed to respond to his questions as to my limits, agree a safe word, and agree a meeting place for the following week. He asked that I be dressed in a skirt, stockings, no bra or underwear, and that I bring clothing to go home in. Two dildos that I have and a paddle that I had brought back from L.A. two weeks before, and a blindfold. We met in a wine bar near the financial sector of London. I was surprised when he and his slave arrived. He's not much taller than I am, dressed conservatively with a presence that made him seem six feet tall. His slave is about five foot seven and was wearing at least two-inch heels so that she towered above us both. I remembered my training and behaved with deference during our drink. The energy in the room was palpable. It was clear that I would leave with them when he commanded. 
I had decided to behave as well as I could. I wanted to please him, but more than that, I wanted to be a credit to the general. It did not matter that he would probably never meet the general. It was more important that my behavior make him proud. It was at that point I realized that my submission would be to the general through him and that it did not even matter that I was not doing this at the general's command or request. It was enough that I knew that I wanted the general to be pleased with me. We left the wine bar, and M blindfolded me. He led me through the streets of London to their flat. This was extremely disorienting. I did not know that area of London in any event, and to be denied my sight caused a shiver of fear to run down my spine. That was the only point at which I wondered what on earth I was doing, being led through London blindfolded by a total stranger. But my instincts told me everything was fine. I'm still not sure how I managed to trust this man as much as I did. We arrived at the flat, and he removed my blindfold as we entered. The floor was not carpeted, but was covered with thick, woven reed mats. They were very rough in texture, the type of mat usually used as a place to wipe one's feet prior to entering the house. M told me to undress, which I did quickly, and I'm afraid not at all gracefully. I'm afraid I have never learned to undress confidently and comfortably, no matter what my size. I was aware of M's eyes on me, and I flushed red. I was also aware of his slave naked and kneeling by the settee. Without being told, I knelt next to the other slave. M smiled and nodded. I very quickly felt how rough the flooring was and realized that this was why he covered the floor in this manner. I was unsure how long I would be able to manage to kneel on these reeds and was already sure I would have raw needs the following day. M told me that his slave had misbehaved and I was part of her punishment. He had her bend over a table, leaning her arms and breasts onto the table with her bottom facing me. She's very attractive, dark-haired, large-breasted, fairly small-waisted, lovely heart-shaped bottom. I am sure I would have found her attractive no matter how she looked as I was so turned on by the situation I found myself in. Thinking back, I quickly feel myself becoming wet. M was still dressed, but he, I could see that his cock had already hardened and he was outlined in his trousers. He caught me looking at him and smiled. You'll receive an extra few smacks for that, he said. I quickly lowered my eyes. He then told me to paddle his slave. The first stroke was the strangest. I was so unsure. How hard should I strike her? She gasped at the first stroke and her ass reddened instantly. I was amazed how hot the sight made me. With each stroke, I felt myself more inflamed. M's voice was like liquid fire as he urged me on. And again, harder this time, softer this time, responding to the sound of his slave's cries, responding to her begging, having me alter my stroke according to her response and his whim. Eventually he told me to stop. By this point my breath was coming in gasps. My face was flushed. I was covered in a sheen of sweat and my juices were running onto my thighs. He told her not to move and ordered me to kneel with my face close to her bright red ass and her wet pussy. I was intoxicated by her scent and desperate to be allowed to taste her. He ordered me to kiss her ass. I felt the heat as I kissed her where she was red and welted from the paddling. I heard both of us moan, and I also heard M's grunt of satisfaction at our responses. He ran his hands over my pussy, collecting the juices, tweaking my clitoris, pulling another moan from my lips. Ask my permission for what you want, M commanded. I knew what he wanted. He wanted me to beg to lick his slave's soaked cunt. I hesitated and I felt a sharp smack on my body. Ask now. I heard myself, voice raw and breathy. Please, sir, may I taste her? You may lick her once, he replied, and I lowered my mouth to her pussy. 
curling my tongue as I licked from her clitoris to the bottom edge of her pussy, gathering up her sweet, salty juices in one deep lick. She tasted divine. I can taste her still, smell the tang of her like the ocean breeze. You may, M said behind me with laughter in his voice. It was so clear how badly I wanted to continue eating her. I was almost drooling. I began to lick and suck her enthusiastically, feeling each touch of her in my own pussy. I could hear her breathing change as she came close to orgasm, and her master heard this too. He granted her permission to come seconds before I drew her orgasm out of her. I could tell that she was conflicted. The relief was exquisite, but she did not want to come from a woman licking her, eating her, devouring her. When she had calmed, she asked permission to go to the loo to have a pee. M looked at me and then said, Next time. I blushed a deep crimson, could feel my face burning as I lowered my eyes to the floor. My desire must have been transparent on my face. When she returned to the loo, it was my turn. I was bent over the table and told him to count the strokes of the paddle. He told me I would have fifty strokes, and I was unsure whether I could manage that, but was determined not to disappoint him, and through him, the general. I began to count as his slave began to paddle me. I felt shamed that he was not paddling me himself, and I was surprised at this response. I suppose I was objecting to being the krell of a krell. The heat continued to rise as the paddle seared my bottom. The tears began to run unchecked down my cheeks as I continued to count out loud. Forty-eight, forty-nine, fifty. I made it, and the burning intensified as she stopped striking me. M commanded her to kiss me, and I felt her cool lips on my ass. There was then a period of time when M worked on both of us with the dildos I brought with me. This was not as memorable as I have always found dildos difficult to manage. I comported myself well and did all that was asked of me. Though M had undressed, I was not allowed to touch him, which I found very frustrating. Watching her suck him made me moan all the louder, and he appeared to find this amusing. After he had come, he commanded me to masturbate. I found it difficult to do so in front of them, but especially found it difficult to refrain from coming, as I had been close for so long. Finally, M told me to come, and I felt myself let go. The orgasm was exquisitely intense. The last thing M required of me was to receive six strikes of the cane on my bottom. I had feared this more than most requests, as I understood the cane to be particularly painful, more so even than a riding crop, and to mark the skin for a longer period of time. I would feel these marks each time I sat for at least a week. Despite my fear, I was determined to receive these strokes with dignity to make the general proud. I was directed to bend over and hold my own ankles, and M told me to thank him after each stroke. The pain was so intense on the first strike I wasn't sure I could manage the rest. I heard myself, Thank you, sir, and felt the next strike. His timing was impeccable, and I managed to receive all six strikes. I felt so proud of myself the pain was blistering. We had coffee then with me seated gingerly on a very soft cushion, and then he directed me to dress. They escorted me to the tube station, and I headed home. The next day we spoke via email. His slave had had a bad reaction to the scenario, and he decided we should not meet again. He told me he was saddened by this and complimented me on my obedience and my training. Thanks for joining me on this erotic adventure. Join me again next week for more exciting erotica. Visit my websites, drlauribethbisbee.com, and drlauribethbisbee.press for more information about what I'm doing and what services are available. Check out my weekly internet radio show, The A to Z of Sex, on the Health and Wellness Channel, voiceamerica.com, 
Thursdays at 11 a.m. PST, 2 p.m. EST, 7 p.m. BST, and that's a live show. If you've got suggestions for this show or authors you'd like to hear, email me at lauribeth at drlauribethbisbee.press. Have a great week. Thanks for joining me on this erotic adventure. Join me again next week for more exciting erotica. Visit my websites, drlauribethbisbee.com and drlauribethbisbee.press for more information about what I'm doing and what services are available. Check out my weekly internet radio show, The A to Z of Sex, on the Health and Wellness Channel, voiceamerica.com, Thursdays at 11 a.m. PST, 2 p.m. EST, 7 p.m. BST, and that's a live show. If you've got suggestions for this show or authors you'd like to hear, email me at lauribeth at drlauribethbisbee.press. Have a great week.